Hello, this is the Webertarian Podcast, and today I wanted to talk about something, just this very brief little argument I got in with a friend of mine. I mean, it wasn't much of an argument, it was just sort of a little back and forth, but um, <clears throat> we were talking about um, For Honor, the video game. Um, it's it's kind of like a mix between a fighting game and an action game. It's multiplayer. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, it's like knights, Vikings, um, and samurai, and I can't remember the name of the Chinese faction. I think it's like Wu Lin or something like that. And um, recently, uh, they released a new character for the samurai faction. Um can't remember what it was called. It's like the Hyoshin or something like that. Uh, what's it called? New for honor character. Uh, Kyoshin. Kyoshin, not Kyoshin. Um, and it was pretty widely agreed upon that the character is not great. Um... Hold on a sec, let me adjust my mic here. <clears throat> and, um, so, and, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I actually really like when games release characters being underpowered as opposed to overpowered. Like, I remember back in the day when I used to play League of Legends, um, I stopped playing it. I made a promise to myself because they went during the period of time when I was playing League of Legends, they were releasing a new champion like every two months. So, and at the rate that they were releasing those champions every two months, you basically had to spend, at least for anyone that works an eight hour a day job like I did at the time. You basically had to spend all your free time playing the game in order to save up the in-game currency necessary to buy it, buy the new champs every month or every two months with in-game currency as opposed to spending real money on it. Um, and there was generally this practice in League of Legends at the time where when a new champ was released, it was you you could bet that it was it was going to be released insanely overpowered like so overpowered that basically if you wanted to actually win games you would have to buy the the new champ every every time that they re released a new champ for the game and i thought that was really shitty uh business practice um and as a result i was like okay look they've been releasing new champions every two months and like making no effort to balance the old champs in fact a lot of the new champs kind of just felt like they were basically new buffed up replacements of old champs so i was like if they ever hit 100 champions without balancing out the old ones so that they can at least be competitive with the new ones then i'm gonna quit period i'm just gonna quit and I kept that promise. They released their 100th champion. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I, ju I just quit. I told all my friends I, I'm quitting. I told myself I was going to do this. I never logged on again. 
Um, apparently my, my account got hacked months or months. It might've been years after that. And the, that somebody was playing on my account and then they got banned or something. I can't remember. And as a result, like years later when they basically stopped releasing champions at ridiculous rates and my friends were like, come on, man, play it with us. And I was like, ah, all right, I'll hop on for one game. And I was like, Okay, well, my account's uh, been hacked and banned, so never mind. I'm not going to play. <laughs> um, but, so, I, I've kind of got, you know, bad experiences with game companies releasing really powerful champions. And, because it, it, you know, due to League of Legends, it felt like they'd do it just to try and get people to spend money knowing that if they release really powerful champions every few months, then you'll basically have to buy the new champions if you want to be competitive. Or, like I said, in the case of League of Legends, spend all your time playing it in order to save enough in-game currency to actually buy it without spending real money. Um, I did spend a lot of money on League of Legends, too, by the way. Like, I spent a lot of money on, like, cosmetics and stuff. Um, but... Uh, so <clears throat> with Kyoshin, um, I was kind of glad that when he released, he wasn't super strong. Um, I was like, I'd rather they do it like that than release him overpowered, like the way they did with Griffin. Um, when they re released the Griffin champion, which is this big knight guy that's got a Bardiche, they released him so powerful that, like, I guess there was, like, some tournament that somebody fought in where they played Griffin blindfolded and still won. <laughs> Which, if you've got any experience with fighting games, that's that's ridiculous. Like, like I said, For Honor is kind of a mix between a fighting game and an action game, so it's not exactly the same as, like, playing Street Fighter blindfolded, but... It's still, if you've ever played For Honor, that's that's ridiculous that people were able to win playing Griffin blindfolded. Um, and I remember trying him out just, like, in the training, not actually playing him because I didn't buy him, and, like, thinking, wow, this guy's, like, retardedly stupid to play. And, yeah, he's he was just overpowered at his release. And I was like, okay, if this is what they're going to be doing with their heroes that they release in For Honor in the future, I will not be happy. So when Kyoshin released kind of underpowered, I was I was fine with that. I was like, that's that's better than them releasing an overpowered champion in order to get people to buy it. Um And apparently there so I think it was just like last week that Kyoshin was released. Um and they're already patching him to make him better. Um, they're already buffing him. And my friend's reaction to this was, oh, they gotta, they gotta, they can't leave that moneymaker weak. And I, like, when he said that, I was like, um, what, what did I say? It was something like, um, I, oh, I said that or the, you know, because people were shitting all over him upon release, they didn't sell enough of him to actually make any money, and they lost money uh, by releasing him. And my friend was like, that's pretty much impossible. 
Um, which, okay, it's impossible for them to have spent more money making a character than they made by selling it. That seems like an odd statement to make to me. Um, and he, he came up with several reasons. He's more familiar with game design than I am, but... Um, and then he, this is what I hate about arguing with him. He always throws in like straw men or red herrings or like ad hominems whenever he's arguing with me. He can never just like take my point and like argue against my point. So he was like, that's pretty much impossible. And then something about, oh, you know, you don't, that it's, it's not. It's not going to hurt Ubisoft. You don't need to worry about poor Ubisoft. And I, I know that's supposed to be some sort of, like, jab at me because he knows I'm a libertarian and he... He's one of those guys that just thinks that by being... Staying centrist is by its very nature the proper, like stance to take just because extremes are automatically wrong so you know the he doesn't like capitalism but he also doesn't like communism um and he's he's like he he actually more often like talks shit about capitalism um but like uh and so i i feel like when he said that it was kind of meant to be like a jab at me or something um, and it didn't address my point at all, like as to whether whether you know they might have decided to patch him because they wanted to increase sales because they might have actually lost money by releasing him. Um, but anyway, so it it went on for a little bit after that. He like talked about some other things, like how um, Path of Exile makes money not by um, not by releasing, uh, like, new characters or anything like that, but that they make money by releasing, um, like, loot boxes in order to get people to spend their in-game currency. That way, when something new is released, then they don't have enough in-game currency to buy the newly released thing or some shit like that. But, anyway, he's also got, like, a giant boner for path of exile so pretty much anything that grinding geared games does he's like oh that's the ideal business model and this is the best way to do things i'm not a big path of exile fan i like i liked it better than diablo 3 but like i feel like they really overcomplicated things like i felt like diablo 3 was complete ass by comparison to diablo 2 like i remember when diablo 3 came out and like you'd did nothing in the way of building your character or selecting skills or anything like that. You just equipped gear and that was it. And then not only that, but like me and my friends went through hard difficulty without dying even once. And I was like, that would have never happened in Diablo two. Like in Diablo two, I remember dying to like every boss multiple times. Um, and then, I'm not going to make this a complaint about Diablo 3, but anyway. Um, so, I, you know, out of curiosity, you know, is it is it really impossible 
that um what, what so a- after he said all that i you know i was like um that that's not really the point i'm making the point i'm making is uh you know i'm not i'm not trying to say oh poor ubisoft what i'm trying to say is you know if it costed them however many thousands of dollars to make the character if they don't sell that many thousands of dollars of the character well then they've lost money I don't, i'm not saying that they're gonna like fail as a company if they don't meet this quota of sales i'm just saying well of course they're gonna try and improve the character if they're not making enough sales to at least recoup their costs um and i mean i don't really think it's a bad thing when a company decides oh hey our customers are not satisfied with this product therefore we should make the product better like i'm i don't see that as a bad thing I, I I think it was bad if they released Kyoshin and he was completely overpowered and you basically had to play him if you want to, wanted to win, but that's not what they did. And maybe that will be the result of the patch. Who knows? But I, I kind of doubt it. Um, but we'll see. So after this discussion, I kind of got curious about um, Ubi, Ubisoft's financials. Um so I decided to take a look at their income statements. Um, and I, th- I think this is like, if you're going to like tackle arguments like this, I think that knowing how to look at an income statement is a good skill to have. I mean, it's not even that difficult. I mean, really, uh, for most things, like unless you're talking to somebody that wants like all the details of the financials, like a lot of times really the only things you really need to know are the total revenue and the net income. And that's pretty much it. And that's really easy to find. You'd like if you just look at the um Ubisoft uh income statement, it's really easy to find. So top line total revenue um trailing 12 month. So that means in the past year this is what they've reported. Um, and it's all numbers in thousands. So it says 2,223,800, but because that's in thousands, that's actually 2,223,800,000. Um, and then the net income. So that's, that's okay. So total revenue is just how much money they, they, how much money they made from sales. It doesn't factor in any of the costs, like, at all. Net income is basically, after all of the costs have been subtracted, what money is left over. So their net income was 103100000 So now from those two numbers, you can figure out the profit margin of a company which the profit margin is just it's for basically it's what percentage of their sales was actually profits um another way to say it would be for for every dollar's worth of say every dollar worth of sales they made this much money so um my three Whoops, sorry. So let's do the math. Uh, 
that also okay so these these income statements they say numbers in thousands that way they can just remove three zeros um so we we can just do the numbers without the last three zeros and it'll still come out the same so 103,100 divided by 2,223,800 equals 0 0.046. So that means that their profit margins were 4.6%. Now for context, the average restaurant makes a profit margin of 3%. And restaurants are notoriously like their, their profit margins are notoriously like so low that like anything going wrong can put them out of business so ubisoft is just barely over the level a restaurant is where like if something goes bad they they're they're done they shut down um a number, another number for context is the average S and P 500 company has a profit num profit margin of seven percent. So from that, you know, three percent being borderline failure and seven percent being one of the top 500 companies in America, you you know you, you can get a sense of just how li like how little a fluctuation in profits can make a big difference. Okay. So again, and, and then also putting that in dollar terms, profit margin of 4.6% means for every dollar worth of sales they make, they get to keep four cents of that. So, okay. So let's say I have no idea what the price of the Kyoshin is. But let's say that the Kyoshin costs $10 to buy. That means out of that $10, they got to keep 46 cents. So <laughs> those, those are very small profits. Um, so I, I don't think it is at all unbelievable or impossible that if they did not sell enough Kyoshin characters that uh, they might have actually lost money. Um, I looked it up earlier and, um, and that's especially considering like, okay, For Honor is not an unpopular game, but it's not like, I wouldn't say it's super popular. I mean, um, I looked up their concurrent, their concurrent users and like their highest con con concurrent users was like 12,000 players. So, um, I mean, I don't know how that stacks up to other games, but, like, I don't know. 12,000 just doesn't seem like a lot to me. And it, it just, like, when I'm playing the game, like, me and my friend were always going up against the same guys, so it just doesn't seem like that that much. Um, another reason why this, this whole argument was kind of, like, it kind of, like, kind of irked me a little bit, was because his 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 opening statement that like oh hey you know they're 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 they gotta they gotta buff their um they gotta buff their newly created character because they can't leave him weak they gotta make sure he sells and stuff is it kind of reminded me of like a lot of arguments that I hear from like the the 
libertarian communist. I know that sounds weird in concept, libertarian communist, but like some of the arguments that they'll make for um, worker-owned co-ops, which like I'm fine with that. You know, if you want to make a worker-owned co-op, go for it. Just don't force everybody else to do it. Um, a lot of people that will talk about worker-owned co-ops, they'll they'll say things like, um, "Oh, the business makes this much money, and you know they wouldn't be able to make that money without me, the worker." Um, and I'm investing my time and labor into this company, therefore I should have partial ownership of the company since I have a stake in it and have a stake in it. And it's kind of like, uh, well, that's, that's why you're getting paid wages, bro, that they're paying you to work. I mean, if you want to take shares instead, just take the money that you've earned and buy shares instead. Um, but I, I don't think that's what they want. I think they want the wages and shares. Um, and then the the other thing is that a lot of times when people make those statements like, oh, hey, you know, this business is making so much money and they don't wouldn't make that money without me. Therefore, I'm entitled to some percentage of that money beyond my own wages, which is, you know, that is a percentage of the money that they're paying to you based on how valuable they believe that your labor is. Um, and I, as I've stated in previous episodes, based on, you know, how valuable your labor is on the market, based on the competition to purchase your labor, um, or, yeah. Um, and th- this this whole argument is based on a su- an assumption that businesses are always making money. And I felt like his whole statement about, oh, hey, buffing them to make more money kind of operates on an assumption that it's the company's making money. There's just no chance that they're not making money, which is kind of reinforced when I made the statement, well, what if they buffed him because there was a chance that they would lose money if they didn't sell more, make more Kyoshin sales? And he was like, that's impossible. So it was clear that his his assumption was well they of course they make money it's impossible that they're not making money and this is just not true i mean when you look at a lot of companies in america that are you know tesla didn't make money for a very long time i'm i'm still not even sure if they're making money now um i guess i could find out very quickly uh tesla income statement I mean, I know for a long time they weren't making money. Um, let's see, net income. Okay, so they are making money now. Just out of curiosity. So Tesla's profit margins are... So their their total revenue is... $41,862,000,000... Yeah. And that's it, no thousands. So forty-one billion eight hundred and sixty-two million. Their net income is two billion one hundred and fifty million. Whew. 
So Tesla's operating on profit margins of 5.1%. So they don't have great profit margins either. I mean, it's better than Ubisoft. Um, I don't actually, I'm not going to say they're not on great profit margins either. I, I won't even say I, that Ubisoft isn't on great profit margins because I don't know where that tipping point is from the 3% that restaurants operate at where they're, you know, right on the edge where any fuck up could, you know, put them out of business and where, 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 where's the line in their profit margins where it's like, whoop, okay, well now, you know, we're, we're, we're making good money. I, I have no idea. Um, but like I said, the S&P 500, their, their average profit margins among the S&P 500 is, is 7%. So Tesla's lower than that. Um, but at least they're making profits now. I mean, I remember for a long time they were not making profits. Um, the same was true of Ab Amazon. Amazon wasn't making profits for a very long time. Um, and then, let's see, I think, I, I think the same was true of Walmart. Um... There's like a lot of businesses, particularly like really successful ones that go a really long time without making any profits, but like the founders and the owners, they're just like, they're committed to making it work. So they like, they put like their own money and they just keep on fighting through trying to get it to the point where it'll be successful because they believe in it, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, so like, I, I really, so I get, I, I got off track there. I was talking about how, you know, among these libertarian communists that want worker owned co-ops and the, the same assumption was being made by my friend that, oh, that these businesses, because they're making money they're they're there's just like this automatic assumption, like, oh, Hey, they're selling millions or billions of dollars worth of goods. Of course they're making profits. Not necessarily. Um, and then when it comes to the worker owned co-ops people, it's like, okay, so you want, you want a stake in the business. Okay. Does that mean that if the business is losing money, then are you gonna, are you gonna lose money too? Are you willing to, are you willing to have to contribute some of your money in order to keep the business afloat when it starts losing money? Is that, are you all right with that? Because I can guarantee they're not, they're only interested in, in, you know, earning a portion of the of the business's profits when it's profitable during the periods of time. Like if they had to, if, if they, they would not want to be partial owners of Amazon during the 10 or whatever, however many years it was that they were not making any profits. They would not want to have to contribute their own funds to make sure that it can go on to the point to where it would become profitable. I guarantee it. Um, but now that it is profitable, they're like, oh, I want a slice because, you know, that's that's communism for you. Um, so that's kind of why it like irked me a little bit that my friend was making this argument. But we'll keep on going there. There's other numbers that I just thought were interesting that I wanted to use for comparison. So uh, Ubisoft, we, we calculated their, you know, net income divided by total total revenue to find that they make up uh, their profit margins are. 4.6% 4, 4 for every dollar of goods they sell, they get to keep four cents. Um, for comparison, 
EA, Electronic Arts, for anybody that doesn't know that's not a gamer. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what EA is, though, even if you're not a gamer. But, um, let's see. Their total revenue is $5,629,000,000. Their net income is 837 million so whip out our calculator here i i looked at this beforehand and i that's why i think these numbers are interesting um yeah so uh ea's profit margins are 14 percent 14.8 um, 14.869426185823418341. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, EA does well. So if you think EA is a shitty company, you really should consider stop spending money on them. Um, that, that's one of the other things I don't like, like a lot of people complain about video game companies and yet they continue to buy shit from them. It's like, yeah, I think EA is shit. I haven't bought a game from EA in years. I can't even remember the last game I bought from them. Um, shit, what was it? Must have been Battlefield 1. Um, the one that takes place during World War 1. And uh, I thought that, you know, that looked like a good game. Um that was at least the last game that I bought from them at full price. And I can't even remember how long a game, long ago that game was released. When was that game released? Two thousand sixteen. So it's been five years since I've bought a game from EA. Um Actually, no, that's not true. I bought uh I forgot I bought Battlefront 2, but I bought it on sale, and I think I bought it from Green Man Gaming, and I think I bought it for, like, $5 or something like that. So I was like, okay, I think EA is a shitty company, but $5 isn't going to make them rich. So, uh, let's see. And then another comparison, GameStop. GameStop's total revenue... Again, trailing 12 months, so past year. Um, 5,345,600,000. Their net income was negative 116,400,000 for the past year. Uh, if you go back, like each year it's it's just terrible for for years um let's see so 2020 their total revenue was 6,466,000,000 and their net income was negative 470,900,000 2019 was even worse. Uh, well, I mean, the revenue is going up, and so is the negative income, so I'd have to calculate the the profit margins on these, but as you can see, they're, they're losing money. Like, 
I don't know if uh, I don't know if those Wall Street bets guys had the right idea. Like it was pretty clear that to anyone that was looking that GameStop was a failing company. Um, I know people didn't like hedge funds trying to fuck them over, but it, it's it's pretty clear they were not doing well. They were a failing business, and it's easy to understand why because hard hard copies of video games they're like it's it's a failing business nobody buys hard copies of games anymore they just buy it in the you know in the digital marketplace and download it whenever they want to have it because you know it's a lot easier to just have a thousand games on a digital library than it is to have a thousand games on a bookshelf but so let's do the math on their uh their profit margins for the past 12 months. For the past 12 months, their profit margins were negative 2%. So for every dollar worth of goods that they sold, they lost 2 cents. Let's go back to... 2020. Uh, In 2020, their profit margins were negative 7%. So for every dollar worth of merchandise they sold, they lost 7 cents. Let's go back to 2019. Negative 8%. (laughs) So for every dollar worth of merchandise sold, they lost 8 cents. Um, Now, I know that the whole point of the... uh, Wall Street bets thing was more to fuck over the hedge funds than it was to support GameStop. But still, I just I I I know there were some people, probably not the ones that were actually like orchestrating the Wall Street bets thing, but there were like a lot of people I knew of that were like, "Oh, GameStop's not a failing business," and it's like, uh, I don't know, bud. They I, I even without looking this stuff up, I knew they were not doing well. So And again, like I'm not I'm not like saying, Oh, you guys shouldn't have done that, because I don't give a fuck. Do what you want. Um But, you know <laughs> it was just kind of interesting because like you know, a, a lot of people thought the hedge funds were intentionally tanking GameStop. And that might have been the case, but GameStop was also failing, so whatever. Um, as as Tim Pool says that, you know, it might have been, you know, they were the hedge funds were vultures feeding on the corpse of a dying business. You know, just extracting as much wealth from it, that from the business as they could before it went under. Who knows? So anyway, I I just thought those were those were interesting, and it was something I just kind of wanted to get off my chest because what my friend 
said kind of irritated me and like i can't bring it up now it'd be like dude it's been hours well hours it's almost been a day you know so like it, it it's like no wait no it's been hours it's been 10 hours something like that so um yeah i don't know and anyway I guess that's all I wanted to say for now. I'll catch you later.